Acts chapter 3, verse 1, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called Beautiful Gate. So he could beg from the people going into the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently. Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. But I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. I want to talk today from the subject, the advantage of a disadvantage. The advantage of a disadvantage. The advantage of a disadvantage. Look at your neighbor and say, you have an advantage. Let them know that you have an advantage. You have an advantage. You have an advantage. Look at one more person and say, you are so blessed to be sitting next to me. Tell them that, to be sitting next to you. You are so blessed. My God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this time. I pray, Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts. I pray you minister to your people now, bringing healing and life and strength to every part of who we are from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. Breathe your life into our souls today. Strengthen us, heal us, encourage us, and give us wisdom for the days that we're living in. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Amen Amen and amen. Thank you, brother. Praise the Lord. So what is a disadvantage? A disadvantage is an unfavorable circumstance. Disadvantage is an unfavorable circumstance. So, okay, so let me, let me explain why I'm preaching this. Um, I'm not preaching this because I want to glorify suffering or I want to glorify an unfavorable circumstance. I, I'm preaching this because I've learned that most of the time there is an area of our life where we feel like we're at a disadvantage. Anybody else? Maybe I should. Okay, let me rephrase this. I've learned in my own life that there is usually an area of my life where I feel like I'm at a disadvantage, where where I feel like I'm less than, where I I feel like I'm unqualified, where I feel like I'm uneducated, where where I feel like I'm not enough, where I feel weak, where where there there might be areas where I feel very strong, but there's always something like like what the Apostle Paul experienced in 2 Corinthians 12. He he said, I got this thorn in my flesh. I want to get rid of it, can't seem to get rid of it. And, And the response of God was not to get rid of it, but to give him a supernatural grace in the midst of it that was actually going to empower him in it. And so if you're thinking that you're going to get so spiritually strong in every area of your life that you're never going to feel like a human, it just isn't going to happen. So what you have to do is, while most of us are praying for the disadvantage to go away, I've learned that you actually have to use it. You got to give it to God and let him work it into something. Mm. 
I don't know if, you, if you've ever read this really cool scripture in Genesis 45, 5, but Joseph tells his brothers, don't grieve, don't be angry with yourselves because you sold me here, sold me into slavery, sold me in Egypt. You, you sold me, but God sent me. Yeah, you, y'all, y'all thought you had a part to play in this. You didn't. You guys were playing checkers. God was playing chess. You, you thought you sold me. No, God was a puppet master. God was working the whole thing behind the scenes. You, you thought you sold me, but God actually sent me to preserve your life and my life and the lives of millions of people. You, you thought you had a part to play in this, but this was actually God the whole time. You sold me disadvantage, but God sent me advantage. He would go on to say in chapter 50 that you meant this for my evil, but God meant this for my good, that, that you actually thought you could take my life. You thought you actually had a part to play in my life. You thought you could actually do something to harm me, but it was actually God the whole time preserving me, protecting me from. You sold me thinking you were going to hurt me, but God was actually protecting me by removing me from you. I've learned that that man's rejection is usually God's protection. Oh, man. I could tell, someone said, tell it. I could tell more, and I'm going to not tell more. So, So God has a way of turning things. When I give him the disadvantage, he has a way of working it out for my good. Working it out, working it out, working it out, Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work for the good they they work for the good that God works for the that God works that God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his it wasn't good but God made it good it wasn't good but God made it good it wasn't right but God made it right and and he doesn't just make it right he makes it better The Apostle Paul is writing to a suffering church in Rome, a persecuted church in Rome, and he said, just understand that right now these these afflictions that you're facing now, they cannot compare to the glory. They cannot compare to what God's about to do in your life. They cannot compare to God's plan for your life. I know it's not good now, but God's not done yet. God's working this for your good He's working this for your advantage, but don't get so discouraged in the disadvantage that you quit or give in and just give up and just say, I guess this is it. No, no, no. You take that disadvantage, you place it back in the hands of the master, of the creator, of the one that can restore all things, and all of a sudden your disadvantage becomes an advantage because of what God can do with a terrible situation. Bad to us is not always bad to God because God sees the possibility in the bad. When we see bad, we just say it's over. When God sees bad, he says, I'm a restorer. I'm talking about an advantage and the disadvantage. Chabon, I feel like I'm at a disadvantage right now. Okay, we got to give that to Jesus. Because I I think there's something in it. So so here's number one. What you think you need... (laughs) Is not what you need. 
Verse 5 says he was expecting money. The man did not need money. He needed healing. The man did not need money. He needed Jesus. How many times in our disadvantage do we settle for a lesser thing that either keeps us comfortable or even numb but does not heal the issue? How many times do I settle for a lesser thing that numbs me for a moment instead of pursuing the hard work of healing? Just just give me money. See, the, the money would have kept him alive, but he was gonna need Jesus to thrive. And I think a lot of times we, we settle for lesser things that just keep us comfortable and numb wow. instead of allowing the Spirit of God to do a deep enough work in our heart to where we can just leave living and go into thriving. We can leave surviving and actually go into thriving. We can leave, we can leave that wilderness of just enough into a promised land of more than enough but we're going to have to shift our expectation. We're going to have to get honest with the fact that what we think we need is not what we need. That what we need might be a deeper thing. So, so a lot of times we come to church even for like a thing to bring comfort. And there's nothing wrong with that except that maybe we're limiting the deep work that the Holy Spirit wants to do. Sometimes we get a quick answer but God wants to do an absolute heart transformation. <laughs> what, what thing are you telling yourself you need right now that in reality is a deeper issue? Many times in my life, I want help, but I don't want to be healed. 24 years of serving Jesus, there have been many times in my life that I've looked and I've said, I want help. But what God was offering me was healing. I want surface, but what Jesus was offering me was below the surface. I wanted fruit, but Jesus was offering me something in the root. So, so, so we end up chasing all this out here instead of a deep transformation here. I, I'm telling myself what I, what I need, but maybe what I, what I need is not what I think I need. Maybe what I need is deeper. By the way, you, you know what that is because, um, and you know right now if I'm preaching to you, because many of you have been in cycles of you actually get the thing you thought you needed, and then you're still you. And you're going, wait a minute, I thought, I thought it was that. Well, I guess it wasn't that. I guess it's this. I guess it's not. I guess it's this. I guess it's not that. I guess it's this. It, but you're still you. And then you go, wait a minute, what? Because maybe it's actually something deeper. Maybe it's deeper than the race. Maybe it's deeper than the car. Maybe it's deeper than the wife or the husband. Maybe it's deeper than the approval from man. Maybe it's deeper 
than the brand. Maybe it's deeper than the outward comfort. Maybe there's something, maybe there's something deeper that we need. He, he had settled for, I just want help, but God wanted to offer him healing. What, what you need is not maybe what you need. Maybe what you need is something deeper. And, and, and here's why, here's why, here's why. Because I'm, I'm at a point right now in my life where I feel like I can talk to that really well because I'm in, a, I'm in a, a, a stage of my life right now that's pretty comfortable and pretty healthy. And it would be easy right now to get really surfacy with my life. And settle for surface and settle for money, settle for things and, and not continue to go deep in my life. And, and yet what I know about my life is the reason that I love my life and, and enjoy my life is not because of all the surfacey, but because of that deep thing that God's done in my life. I hope I'm making sense. I know it's only 9.20 in the morning. It's a little heavy, but I hope I'm, I hope I'm, yeah, 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 okay. So, 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 so here's number two, because we're talking about the, we're talking about the advantage, we're talking about the disadvantage, we're, we're talking about that there is a, an advantage in the disadvantage, and, and so first you have to be able to address that, but number two, you have to understand that you're not enough is enough. To every person who feels like you're in a deficit right now it's better than you think (laughs) i don't have any silver or gold peter starts by being honest about what he doesn't have and he's he's not discouraged by that Because he knows that his not enough is not nearly as important as his more than enough. Wow, okay. So if if you're sitting here going, "I'm, I'm from the wrong family. I'm lacking money. I'm not talented enough. I feel unworthy. I feel like I've made too many mistakes. I feel like fear is dominating my life. I feel like worry is dominating my life. I feel like guilt is dominating my life. I feel like shame is dominating my life. I I don't feel like I'm enough. Join the club. (laughs) Is that good news? It's just true news. It's just. Because there's just going to be days you feel like that. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Don't say that about me, Jamin. Okay, well, that's great. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus too, but sometimes I don't feel like it. Sometimes. Four days a week, I don't feel like, I'm just going to be honest with you. Like There's just a lot of times I just don't feel like it. But we don't live by what we feel. And, and so the, I've actually had to learn that my, my, my not enough is enough if I place my not enough in the right hands. Okay, so look, look what Paul says here in Philippians chapter 4, verse 12. We, we know 13. Many, of, many church people know 13, and we'll get to 13 in a second. 
but 13 is powerful because, because 12 is the setup. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to feel like I'm at a disadvantage. And I know what it is to have plenty. And in both circumstances, I have learned. I've learned. I've, I've had to learn this. this. This word learn is by experience. It's not by like, in the, in the Greek language, it wouldn't be like by, by a book. It would be by, by experience. I have experienced. I got street smarts, amen, about this. I went to the school of hard knocks. I learned this. I've learned the secret of being content in every situation. I've learned to be happy with much, and I've learned to be happy with little. I've, I've learned to, to enjoy when I feel like I'm at an advantage, and I've learned how to enjoy when I feel like I'm at a disadvantage. What, what is that? It, be, because neither of those things are what give me the joy. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, whether, whether I'm in the palace talking to Caesar or I'm writing this from a prison cell, either way, th those things don't move. I've learned this, and I've learned that I can do all of this. So when, when we say all things, we're talking about advantage or disadvantage. We're talking about there's going to be some amazing, amazing, amazing seasons, and I think there's more amazing than less amazing. But there are going to be some challenging seasons. And, and here's what Paul said. Paul said, even in the challenge or even in the amazing. When I'm at the mountaintop, I don't forget God. When I'm at the valley low, I don't curse God. Why? Because God's given me a great, I can do all this. Put me in a palace, put me in a prison. I can do all this. There, there, there's going to be the best days of my life and there's going to be some challenging seasons in my life. I can do all this. Not because I'm so great, not because I learned the power of self-help or the secret or because I read the right. No, 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 I didn't, I didn't read this in a book. Jesus taught me this, that I can do all this through him who gives me the strength. I was able to tap into strength on my best day. I was able to tap into strength on my worst day. I was able to tap into that strength on the mountaintop and in the valley low. And I, and I can do this. So like the boy with two fish and five loaves, watch God turn this not enough into more than enough. See, so I don't feel like I have enough. Give your not enough to Jesus. Like the woman with one jar of oil that turned into a debt-canceling miracle. Give your not enough to Jesus. Like a young scrawny teenager named David step up to a nine foot giant and give your not enough a sling and five stones to Jesus and watch him do more than enough with your not enough you, you can learn this and, and the, the reason why this, again, is so important is because this is, this, is not, this, this is true for you if you're really going through a massive storm right now. But it's also true for just that every area, everyday area of your life 
where you just feel, I just don't feel I'm up to this. I just don't feel like I'm strong enough for this. I just don't feel smart enough for this. I just don't feel, I don't feel like I have that. I'm looking at a situation and silver and gold seems obvious, but I don't have silver and gold. I'm looking at my job and and what I think I need seems obvious, but I don't feel like I have that. I'm looking at our marriage and I don't feel like we have that right now. I'm looking at my relationship with my kids. I don't feel like I have that right now. I'm looking at my future and I feel like I'm at a deficit right now. I feel like I'm at a disadvantage right now. I just feel, I just don't feel like I've got enough. And Peter and John were confident enough to go, we don't have that. And we're cool with that. Because we've learned to give our not enough to the bread multiplying, fish multiplying Savior that can take a little bit and turn it into a lot. Your little is little, but your little in the right hands turns into much. I'm not asking for you to have it all. I'm not asking for you to have it all together. I'm not, I'm not, God is not demanding perfection. He's just asking for placement. Take that thing and put it in the hands of Jesus and watch what he'll do with you. So, so, so lastly, you got to use your disadvantage. If, if God's working it, I've got to use it. Yeah, if, if, if God's working this for my good, then I've got to use it. Silver and gold, we do not have. But what I have? But what I have? What do you have? Okay, it's very obvious what we don't have. The devil's telling you every day what you don't have. Your insecurities are reminding you every day what you don't have. Your fear is constantly screaming what you don't have. So what do you have? Because I want to submit that whatever God has given you is more powerful than whatever the devil's taken from you. And what God has given you is more than enough to fill the gap of whatever loss you feel like you've experienced. Okay, I don't have silver and gold. I, I don't have that, but here's what I do have. Most people stop at I don't have silver and gold. They stop at what they don't. They stop at the disadvantage and they just sit in that and they settle in that and they live in that forever. And and that's just where they stop in life. But God will never demand what you don't have. (laughs) We demand what we don't have. Oh, God. God's never going to look at you and go, man, you really should have come from a better family. Man, you should make more money. You should. You should, you should get a raise. I'm trying, Lord. You should be better looking. You should just be better looking. And that's so foolish on yet we do it. 
And I just wish I had different parents. And I just wish I came from education. I just wish I came from money. And I just wish I looked like them. Man, I just wish I made more money. I just wish I made what they made. Man, I just wish I drove what they drove. Just wish I lived where they lived. And we judge ourselves by what we don't have. And we live in the insignificance of that comparison. And we live in the defeat of that shame. And God never demands us to use something that we don't have. What he asks is to use what we do have. I don't have silver and gold, but here's what I got. In the name of Jesus. Oh, my God. Can I preach about Jesus a little bit? I got to wrap it up. Come on up. I said, can I preach about that name for one moment? Can I preach about that name that brings healing? Can I talk about that name that's more than enough? Can I talk about that name that can heal the broken heart? Can I talk about that name that's a strong tower and the righteous run into it and are safe? Can I talk about that name that has outlasted every recession? Can I talk about that name that's outlasted every depression? Can I, can I talk about that name that will be here after every other nation has turned into the nations of our God? Can I talk about that kingdom? Can I talk about that name? Because that name is more than enough. And at, and at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess you are Jesus said, when you pray, young disciples, didn't give them the scripture, I'm sorry, but when you read that beautiful discourse in, the, in that final conversation with his disciples, he said, when you pray, even when you feel like you're at a total disadvantage, whew, and you feel like I'm a million miles away, And you're here, and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna be there. Use. He didn't say say. Use my name. There's going to be seasons where you say his name in worship and in praise. and in, But sometimes you're going to use my name. And Jesus said, that's okay. I don't. You have an advantage. And you're, and you're staring at sickness and you're staring at fear and you're staring at worry. And you're staring at a child that does not follow Jesus anymore. And you're staring at a marriage that is breaking and you're and you're staring at a world that is feels like it's just changing by the second and you go Jesus are you and he says even when when you don't feel like you can speak my name in praise and exaltation he said just just go ahead and in prayer use my name
And he said, it's like when you do it, it's like I'm going to be right there. I'm going to show up in proxy. I'm going to give you the power of attorney. Peter said, in the name of Jesus. He didn't say, Lord, what would you want to do about this? Jesus, what would you want? In the name of, he used the name. So get up. And at that name, strength came back into that man. I just want to tell you that disadvantage, I don't have money, that disadvantage, I cannot walk, that disadvantage turned into an advantage because they knew what to say and they knew what they believed even in their disadvantage and they used that name as a weapon against sickness and a weapon against hell and a weapon against that thief that comes to steal, kill and destroy and all of a sudden life and life more abundantly begin to flow and my my disadvantage turned into my advantage because if Peter and John would have been advantaged in the moment they would have walked into prayer and they would have said we're late and they'd have flipped them a coin it was in their lack that they were able to step into their abundance if you feel like there's there's something in you that's at a disadvantage right now. And we need God to turn that thing. I want to pray. I want to pray for that group. Can you stand? I want to pray for that group. We're going to speak to that thing in the name of Jesus. We're going to use that name. And we're going to believe God right now. Would you lift your hands with me? Lord, I thank you that you work all things. I thank you that right now you're working. We may feel you, we may not, but you're working. We may sense you, we may not, but you're working. We, we may feel full of faith or completely deflated, but we, I believe right now that my God is working all things for my good, my good, my good, my good because you're a good father and you love me and you got good plans for me and you got a good purpose for me and you got a great destiny for me. So I believe you're working things right now. Everything the devil sent as a disadvantage, I believe right now by the power of Jesus' name, you are working that thing right now. And I release miracles, signs, and wonders into every family, into every home, into every life right now. In the name of Jesus, I declare the miracle worker is in this house right now. I declare the miracle worker is flowing right now into every home, into every correctional facility, into every hospital bed, into every prison in the name of Jesus, in every living room, in every cell phone, in every laptop, computer, every television right now in the name of Jesus. I use that name now. I use that authority now. All authority has been given to you, Jesus. And then you said, and now here's the key. So I use that key right now and I unlock answers in the spirit right now. I unlock them right now in the name of Jesus. 
and I bind every demonic attack. I say no to. I call it illegal and unlawful. Everything that the enemy has sent against your people, I say no, devil, no. I call it illegal on God's people. I call it illegal on God's property. And I lose healing and I lose encouragement and I lose answers and I lose wisdom and I lose breakthrough and I lose ideas and I lose creativity and I lose favor. And we declare it so now. We believe we have received. In the name of Jesus, every mountain moves right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, amen, everybody. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's give God glory that we believe something is moving. Come on, God is working. 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 Say out loud. Say, God is working. God is working. 